Well, thank you so much, Gunnar, for making the time. I've been really looking forward to getting to know you. Let's go. What do you got? I'm, I'm, I'm wide open. I'm a book. Well, you know, you're sort of a legend in fitness, right? I mean, you... Stop. Stop. <laughs> it's true, though. Not only that, and I'll tell you the real reason why I was so excited to meet you. Everybody that has introduced me to you has nothing but the nicest things to say about you. Generous, well, kind, thoughtful, everything. Nice to hear. Nice to hear. You know, you go out of your way to try to do the right thing, right? Yeah. And over time, hopefully it comes back. But if it doesn't, you know you did the right thing anyway. Yeah. And I guess that's what they say is, I think, as, a, as definitely a, a positive. But they say that the only thing they can say negative about you is that you care too much and you give so much to other people, which I think is definitely one of the best things. You must have spoken to my wife. She says, she goes, you're too generous. You shouldn't. And I said, if that's what you put on my epitaph, I can live with that yeah. or die with that. That's awesome. Yeah, how, how much of that translates to your work now? I mean, you've, you've reached such a level of success. I hear you just signed on with the Los Angeles Lakers as well. I did. I did. Last year, I signed on with the Lakers, and it's a different uh, structure to my day. I still get here early, and I do a block here, and then I'm down to the Lakers, and I come back, and I do a block in the late afternoon, early evening here. It's, um, it's a new chapter. Let's look at it that way. Let's look at the positive, you know. There were a lot of people out there from um, Dwayne Johnson, Khloe Kardashian, LL Cool J, who have multiple jobs. It comes down to structure and work ethic, and if they can do it, I go, why can't I? Mm. And so I'll take the challenge, and I'll try to put my day together in a way that um, I don't sacrifice my family too much, I don't sacrifice uh, my wife too much, I don't sacrifice my, the, my, my bread and butter, which is my gym here, and I can still give uh, everything and more that the Lakers need. Yeah, thank you. They go, well, thank you for having us at your beautiful gym. It's fun, right? It's, it's good energy in here. It's absolutely incredible. I even caught that you have a stand, you have a toilet here in the gym. I do have a toilet. It's non-functioning, so hopefully someone warned you on the way in. Um, you know, it comes back to, I've had so many people say, well, I can't do squats. And I go, well, you, you probably can. Maybe you can't, you know, axial load a, a barbell with two times your body weight and go all the way down to parallel, but I bet you you can do a basic squatting motion. No, 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 I can't, I can't. I go, well, you got in your car, did you go to the restroom this morning? What do you mean, what is it? And I go, come here, let me just walk you through. And when they do it, they realize they can do a squat and then we can either load them up with dumbbells, barbells, bands, something so they see they can put a, an external load on the body and benefit from that motion which is, you know, the king of all movements. I love it. So that's why, I mean, there's definitely this genius about you. You're able to resonate with people in a way to get them to where they need to be, right? In many ways, as their trainer, you talk to them not only about their fitness but everything else. I mean, you become friends with them, But, right? but going back to that, I don't ever sell fitness or pitch fitness and, and I don't, you know, if somebody wants to work out, I just say, I'm ready, I'm here, let's go, I've got a place. I don't ever say, you know, you know, you really ought to start working out or are you going to eat that? Eat what you want, do what you want, that's your life. I make certain choices in mind that may not mirror yours mm -hmm. and when you're ready to do this at a certain level with a certain commitment, then I'm probably, uh, I might be a good fit for you. I love that. I love that. So you do work out with some of the most incredible people, some of the most famous bodies you've had a relationship in. in, the I'm, in I'm in the right place. If you look at it, you know, just zip code wise, mm -hmm. I'm where the people that you're talking about are. So I'm uh, if I can provide the service or the environment that they're looking for, that they're used to, then I'm a, then I'm a natural fit. Well, and you've probably got, well, I'm sure it has to do with your personality, too. They love you. I mean, we know. Has to do, it has to do way more with my parking than my personality, I can tell you <laughs> <Right>? that. <laughs> hard. Parking in Beverly Hills is hard to come by. 
That is true, and you have great parking. Right. Thank you. I pre we appreciate that. There today. you go. Covered and secure. Okay, but but truth of the matter is, someone like Jennifer Lopez could go anywhere, and she chooses to come here. So there's got to be a lot that you know you have done for many of your clients today. You know, um, I, I I started working with Jennifer years ago, and I actually wrote her a note uh, one New Year's Day when I was with my family, and I said. Um, I want to thank her for the opportunity, even though I'd already been with her for 10, 12 years at that point. And I just said, she's someone who raises the bar across the board in everything she does. And to me, being uh, in her circle or on the bubble of her circle, I, I take that seriously. And I think that, that it's my responsibility to maintain that level. And when she says where she trains, I want to make sure that it's not a step down from every other aspect of her life. So that that her raising the bar helps me raise the bar. I want to always be on top of um, whatever is coming up in fitness, whatever's being talked about in fitness, good or bad. Same with nutrition, and I want to be able to stay on top of that. And so when I'm hit with, um, you know, someone who says they're a Jane vegetarian, for example. Do you know what that is? I don't. There you go. It's a person, it's a, it's a vegetarian, but who all, only eats food that's grown above ground. Mm. So it's a whole new thing. Just little things. If she says that, or if anyone says that for that matter, I want to be able to say, here's what I know about it, here's what I don't know, and if not, I inform myself to try to be on it for the next time it comes up. So having someone like Jennifer, anybody in that area, but it should be anybody who's giving you their time and who's paying you for your time, you should try to be on top of your game. That's just how I look at it. I love that. And I think this is something that you're probably teaching your children about too. That I'm what? That you're teaching your children. This is a great example. Yeah, I try to. My kids, uh, I mean, if you meet them, you see they're, they're, that's a strong handshake and serious eye contact, and they'll bring the question back to you. I tell them, talking about yourself may sound interesting to you, but you're probably better off talking to that person about that person. Like, my next question is going to be, hey, Winnie, so how long have you been doing what you do and tell me about how you got into it. I, I like to bring it back and, and make people feel at ease. So Gunnar, I wanted to talk about maybe how you got to where you are as a child, to where you are today. Um, did you always think that you would go into fitness Never, or even be an entrepreneur? didn't cross my mind until I was deep into my 20s. Are you kidding me? So late in life. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I didn't go to college knowing what major I wanted. I, I had uh, I had chosen a major. Mm-hmm. Um, you went to Duke. I went to Duke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I here watch. You'll like this. I chose a ma- I chose psychology as a major. It fit. It was fun. It was interesting to learn behavioral patterns and and maybe my thought was to learn why people do what they do, mm-hmm. uh, to have insight. And there was a class at Duke called Psych Stats, and I got a D in it. I got a D in it. And I went to my advisor and she said, we have to retake it. You can't have a D in any of the classes that apply to your major. And I said, well, I had a tutor and got a D. The numbers was too much for me. And she said, well, you have to change majors. And I said, okay. She goes, but you're a junior. You can't. And I said, what am I close in? Mm -hmm. So I changed my major and I got out, right? Mm -hmm. It it wasn't about fitness. It was really about graduating. I, I wasn't one of those kids who knew early on, I want to be a doctor, I want to be an attorney, I want to be an accountant, I want to be a sports agent, I want to, um, I want to be an entrepreneur, I want to be in finance. I didn't have that um, calling. And I, I don't want to say I bounced around, but I did different jobs here and there, looking at different industries, sort of putting my toe in the water mm-hmm. until someone asked me to train them. Fitness was one thing. I was a fat kid, so 
when I got out of that, when I found out regular working out could change that, that changes a lot of things, not just your, not just your outside, but your inside, your self-confidence, your posture, how you carry yourself, not just how you see you, but how people see you. That was empowering for me. Mm -hmm. um, then I was on my own workout program. I was diligent. It was one thing I stuck with all the time. Somebody asked me to train them. Uh, I sort of was looking at the guy like, could this be a workout partner? And then he said, how much do you charge? So that changed the whole game. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, we'll figure that out, don't worry. And I went back and someone said to me, dude, you gotta do that, that's just normal, that's a natural fit for you. Mm -hmm. So I did it sort of to supplement my income, sort of to test the waters again, mm -hmm. while I had another regular job. And then after a few weeks, I had that person, one other person, and a third person asked me, and I ran the numbers in my head, which were easier to run than the numbers from the stat class. And uh, <laughs> I realized with three people, I could make, and more than I was making in an office job at a management company. And it was you know, nine hours a week versus 45 hours a week or whatever it was. And then I thought, and if I added to that, plus I'd be in a gym, it was an environment that I enjoyed more and it was just a natural fit. And how old were you at the time? Wow, I had to be uh, 27, 28, oh, something like that. Yeah, and then I, sort of watched what was going on around me. And remember, this in this industry still today is is young. Mm -hmm. It's not in, it, in its infancy, but it's young. Mm -hmm. And there are still new rules, new borders. It's, it's sort of forming, right, the parameters of the industry. And I thought, if I get educated, if I learn, I could crush this because mm -hmm. I like working with people. I like watching this guy connect the same way I connected to fitness. Mm -hmm. I like this guy's feeling different, he's telling me how he feels, he's telling me how his date went, he's telling me how at work he did this and how on the weekend he actually went for an extra run and I thought, that's oh, pretty cool, it's pretty empowering. Mm -hmm. I could maybe do something like this. So I started accumulating certifications and going to seminars, not even for the certifications, but just for the information. And I just kept gathering and I realized if I kept doing that, if I outworked people, mm -hmm. I, could, I could rise. I didn't think about rise to the top. I didn't know where the top was, if there is a top. Mm -hmm. And I just thought I could become effective in this industry. I could help people feel, I don't want to say help people. I'm not, that, it's not in the, the Gandhi, Mother Teresa way. I don't sure. look at it like that, but I could empower people or connect with people enough so that they felt as great as I felt every day. That's a good thing to do. That is. And a earn thing. a living at it. Mm -hmm. And be in a gym and wear pajamas all day long. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. And so you were where? Were you in LA at the time when this all started? I was in LA. You were starting in LA. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. I was in LA the first time I got paid to train someone. Before that, I had a number of workout partners, workout buddies, and, and you know, Gunnar, how do you do this? Or, hey, have you seen this? I'd say, yeah, I've seen that. Because I, I, I used to read everything about fitness and working out and, you know, you everything from Runner's World to Powerlifting Magazine. I read everything through there. So is it more passion or more drive or an equal amount of both? Passion or what? Passion or drive. Ooh, uh, I'd say it's a fair mix between the two. Between passion and drive, it's a fair mix. But some days it's probably more passion. Some days it's probably more drive. Some days it's probably more necessity. Mm -hmm. Some days it's probably more um, self-flagellation. You could do more, get out there and do this push. And I'll look and I'll, and I'll see, you know, two more people want to train that day. And I go, oh, I've already got that many. Could I add two? Is that too much? And I go, do it. And I, it's little games you play with yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. If you're in business, I'm sure it's the same way. Can I add that extra meeting? I have all those meetings during the day. Can I add the dinner meeting? Can I take the breakfast meeting? Where can I, should I push? Should I put it off? Mm -hmm. And I just, uh, I find myself not saying no as often maybe as I should, but definitely 
um, not very often. Yeah, I find myself, it, it got to a point when I had children that I realized I started saying no more often. And it meant choosing myself over. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs go through that journey. So how do you balance home and, and your really intense work schedule? So I made a decision when I had kids. I looked at how the days were structured and I thought if I'm there in the morning, there's a, a level of hectic that I would probably only contribute to that I probably wouldn't help. Mm -hmm. And there's a finite amount of time before their day gets started. They're, if it's early, early, you know, they have their little kid classes or, or play groups or, or mommy and me type things, I don't, I don't fit that. Mm -hmm. um, and then when they got into the school years, I thought if I picked one, kind of unreasonable, unless you're independently wealthy, mm -hmm. to say I'm gonna be there for them in the morning and in the afternoon, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. So, um, I decided I, I would take the late shift. So I'd get up early. Back then I was getting up at 3.15, 3.30, and I would do my own workout and see as many clients as I could up until six o'clock. I had a hard out at six o'clock, locked up everything, folded up, and I was out the door, home by 6.15. You know, I, I'd be with the kids the entire, I had the evening mm -hmm. thing, yeah. whether it was, you know, dinner, homework, bath, read them a story, the whole, whatever it was, just lie there and talk with them. And I did that shift. Um, did I make the right decision? I don't know. I mean, I look at it like this. My, uh, my kids are great. And so maybe, maybe that was the right decision. Maybe that was the right decision for me. I wouldn't tell anybody else that's the right decision. Sure, sure. I think it's, it was a choice, but it's a, stru it's a structure. Mm -hmm. What time do I, I get up very early because I don't mind getting up, getting my workout in so that I can be a part of their life versus on the sidelines. That's a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. um, and so that I can set the tone. I think they need to see that someone in their family goes to work and that it, there's, there, are, there are responsibilities and commitments mm -hmm. and that also someone stays in shape. Right. So they know daddy works out at 4.30 in the morning. That's just what it is. Mm -hmm. Daddy goes to work, daddy works out, daddy sees people and then daddy comes home. And it's pretty, it's pretty locked. I love that. It seems like, you know, you, when I talk to you, what I admire is I hear so much discipline. Everything's planned out and there's such an amount of focus. What do you do on the days where you're just off, when you don't have Even focus? on an off day, I still structure it. I still set an alarm because I don't, it gives me anxiety um, to not have structure. I strive with structure. I personally, I thrive with structure. Have you always been that way, even as a child? No, probably not. I mean, when you're a kid, right, school gets out and then you have as much free time as you can mm -hmm. muster until you do homework. And I flip that on my kids. I make them do homework first so then they can have free time all the way through. Me too. Because, right? Mm -hmm. Because I say, if not, it's not really free time mm -hmm. because what's weighing on the back of your mind is what you have to do. Mm -hmm. So I say, do your homework, get that done. And I'm the same way. I, I go home and write my workouts for my clients the next day. And um, then I lay out the clothes or anything so that when it's pencils down, it's really pencils down and I can relax. I love that, I love that. So, I mean, let's talk about this a little bit. You know, I had a wonderful conversation with your client, Will, earlier. And the discussion about the, I, I feel like um, getting healthy and talking about fitness, it, it affects all aspects of your life. And especially someone like yourself, you're an entrepreneur, your father, your husband, and you have all these clients to care for. So everything comes down to structure for you. How has that structure in, in terms of fitness affected other aspects of your life? 
it puts it all together. First of all, if there's any anxiety about things I haven't done or things I need to do, if I haven't worked out, I know if I get the workout done, there's something about um, feeling right within your own body. There's something about the circulation that uh, improves the thought processes and, and mental acuity that I go, oh, wait, I can handle that. I can, and I, and I, I'm able to put it all together in my mind. And sometimes I take notes on my phone. And then when I'm done with the workout, I can execute. If I'm doing cardio, if I'm on the bike in the morning um, and I do a series of, you know, seated, standing, seated, standing, when I'm seated, I'll write down, uh, call this person, send this text, order this, uh, cancel that, whatever it is. And then when I'm done with that, I have it laid out. Usually I've done it the night before, but as random thoughts come in and I encourage people when they're doing their workout, have a way to take a note for yourself. Because things pop up in your head. Oh, I forgot I got to pick up Q-tips today when I go home. And if you wait, it's going to be as you pull in your driveway that you remember that. But if you just write it down, it's easy. And it doesn't mean, you know, pen and paper can be on the phone. But I think having that structure for me makes me use my time better, which is the key to doing a number of different things, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think Dwayne Johnson and Chloe know their schedules, you know, in X amount of days or months in advance so that things just get done and you can check them off yeah, and you can invest very... in them when you're in them, right? Mm -hmm. If I didn't have my schedule that I was seeing you today, I would have just rolled in and whatever and hey, what time? And But knowing it, I block it out and then you do it. And you're not sitting there anxious about what's coming next because you know you've made the time for it. Right. It's a lot like booking the clients, right? Mm -hmm. you, you have this person at nine, this person at 10, this person at 11. I know between 9 and 12, I'm unavailable, mm -hmm. easy. Right, absolutely. I love that. And I think, you know, the fact that uh, you're an entrepreneur, even more so. So you talked about like when you're working out, all of a sudden you're taking notes. Where do you get your best ideas? What time during the day when you're in the shower morning. or working out in the morning? Yeah, morning. I always get ideas in the morning. I, I think... Um, I think as the workout kicks in, as the circulation improves, as you know, all the synapses fire, I think that's when it all comes together and then you execute. And then at night, um, when I'm doing the workouts for the clients, I have the computer, I have some pieces of paper, so I still handwrite a schedule and I have the two, so I always have a backup. Mm -hmm. And I remember call that guy, do that. And obviously things slip between the cracks, that's just the nature of it nowadays, but less do. That's true. That's good. So you have an intensity about you, Gunner. Let me ask you this. Your children, do they have this intensity about them? I can, on occasion, and I didn't have it at their age. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I didn't, um, I, I didn't have it at their age. I just didn't. And it's a good thing. I mean, you could just so much I don't much think focus. they should. I don't think they need it. I think they know what they have to do. Mm -hmm. They execute. And in their downtime, um, they take their downtime as earned and they use it. I love that. So your favorite part of what you do? What is watching is people catch it. Watching people get that they can fill in the blank, whatever that is. When Will started training his schedule, and I'm sure if he didn't tell you, I'm not letting the cat out of the bag here, but it was all over the place. Mm -hmm. And it could be I'm going home tonight to do nothing, and then he'd get a call, and then he was out late. Or he was gonna go home and clean up and go meet people and then something fell through and then he ended up being in and maybe that uh, bummed him out and he might 
do something bad on the nutrition side. I, I don't know, but I'm saying he didn't have the structure. And when he got this, he became, then the first, I mean, I don't know if you saw the show, but the first, uh, the first bit of Will's journey, you know, was not, was not pretty. And there were a lot of ups and downs. And then for whatever reason, whether it was the consistency of the environment that I try to provide here, or I don't know what it was, but he took it seriously. And when that happened, everything fell into place. His body, his mindset, his love life, his work life, everything just went and got in line. And I'm not saying it's easy or it's magical or it happens overnight, but you know, you start laying the bricks and before you know it, you've built something. Well, Gunnar, you know, let's talk about that a little bit. I know you work with the who's who's of entertainment and we're not gonna go there, but do you find that um, people that who, are, who achieve a certain amount of success, especially your clients, they have a sort of some, some similarities and qualities, if you will, in terms of like having the same amount of discipline or same amount of lifestyle that they, they push themselves and expect more of themselves. Do you find that to be the case? I do. I find that the people I work with who have achieved in their chosen fields mm -hmm. have a certain structure and a certain intensity. Um, but I think before that, maybe it was dormant in me, my parents have that and my brother have that and they're, they're hardworking, they're goal-oriented, they don't take no for an answer, not from someone else and not from themselves. And they, they, just, they just don't, here's my double negative for the day, they don't not do. They just do it, whatever it is, and they are, you know, if, if you, my brother's uh, in business and, and if he has to go to a meeting, in Australia and then he has to leave and go to a meeting in Canada he just goes and he doesn't say oh, I can't make that or I'm gonna be too tired he just goes I'm there mm -hmm. and he goes and that's why he exceeds well, my father was the exceed. same back in the day and uh, my mom is exactly the same and someone says you know I don't know if you can do that or she says I've made a commitment to that I'm gonna do that she wanted to climb Mount Kilimanjaro on her 70th bam she climbed it Wow. was not in the cards that she was not gonna do it so I see that from my family. I think I'm drawn to that. You know, the people I work with, the people who cancel all the time or the people who phone it in, ultimately they're not gonna probably be on my schedule. It's probably not a good fit, right? It's not a good marriage mm -hmm. because I don't wanna find myself phoning it in or thinking it's okay to, to not be there 100% for them. Mm -hmm. So I wanna give I want the people who want to work too. How do you choose? How do you choose? How do you decide? It must be like a velvet rope. It's not. It's, I try to let everyone come through that I can manage to get on a schedule. Mm -hmm. And then the people who are driven, the people who are, like trainers say, I'm a great motivator. Eh, I have, what are you saying actually that's motivating someone who is making 20 million a picture or 20 million a season if it's an athlete and their face is gonna be all over town and there's gonna have, they're, they're, everything they do is feeding into a legacy, good or bad, that's gonna be out about them in 20 years. What is it that you're saying that's getting them to do something that those things are not motivating them to do? Probably nothing. I think mm -hmm. as the trainer, you motivate maybe indirectly by their knowing that you're committed, they're knowing that you're locked in, they're knowing that you're providing an environment that is stable. You know, this is the eye inside the hurricane that is Los Angeles. I love that. That's so true. And, and I think that they appreciate you because you have the same amount of intensity and, and appreciation for hard work that they do. And so I always say that, you know, I feel very blessed because I do for a living what I was meant to do. It was a perfect match for my personality. Mm -hmm. Would you say the same about me? 100%. You? 
Years ago, I worked with a chiropractor who's since passed away, and when I would send people to him, I'd say, you'll see when this guy works on you, it's just, it's what he's supposed to do. This is what he does. Not magic touch, I'm not getting into all that, but I'm saying he was gifted, if that's the right word, um, finding the pain source. And he was so much more than a chiropractor, that's not fair to him, but that was the title. He had, he, um, he found the pain source. He found ways to get at it. He found ways for you to be aware of it and activate it and, and um, stay out of it over time. And I think that, you know, I don't want to pull my shoulder out patting myself on the back, but I think, or I want to be that in fitness. I want to be the guy who, when you come here, you go, this guy's here because he wants me to get the best out of whatever fitness journey I'm on. I love that. I mean, you become a partner and a good friend. I mean, I've only had a little bit of interaction with Will, but I can tell you, like, you've made such an impact in his life, not just fitness-wise, but emotionally as a friend. I mean, he speaks about you like you're his, he says if he had a father, he wishes, I mean, you're obviously too young to be his father, but, you know, that would be his dream. Yeah, but Will made himself available to that, right? Will, at first, it was the up and down and the bad choices and the one step forward, two step back thing, and then he locked in, like I said, and he was open to it. And, you know, we asked Will, hey, do you want to come over to a fight night party at our house? Or do you want to come to this event? And my wife said, do you know him like that? And I said, no, but I want to. He's a good person. You can see it's in there. And then he starts, as his body changed, he started, I mean, sounds corny, but the guy started blossoming. He became, <laughs> he became the Will that he always should have been. But for whatever reason, I don't want to say he was held back. I'd say more he was holding himself back. And when he let it loose, it's, it's the guy you know today. He's positive. He's confident. He's upbeat. If he gives a, a snarky side comment, it's because it's intended. It's not a defense mechanism anymore when it used to be that. I used to see that in him. And it's not anymore. He's way more confident. And I would imagine in the workplace he's doing far better than he was doing before because he's that guy he's you know this is like will the will, will the real will please stand up and and i think he's standing proud right now yeah i think so and I, not only that i think you've had such a bigger role in that than you will say because because you're 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 too kind and just too kind to be able to say this, but the truth is, you know, I have very young children and they're all about like Ninjago and Legoland and there's a saying that they said, you know, to reach your full potential. And I feel like your clients would probably say that working with Gunner helps them reach their full potential. That what you do for your clients exceeds just what you do for them in terms of fitness. You wanna talk about that a little bit? That's probably out of my lane. I mean, who can speak like that about themselves? I, you know, mm -hmm. you hope that the overall, uh, I maintain this, and you can see this from, from when you pull into our parking here. The experience starts when they get here. I can't control what happens to you on the way here, mm -hmm. right? And you may be coming from a part of town where it's tough to get here at that time, or whether it's traffic or it's you or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But from when you pull in here, it's easy. the experience should start, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think if you use a restaurant analogy, the place can have the greatest food, but if you can't find parking, over time, if you try to be uh, a frequent patron there, it's gonna be difficult and you're gonna eventually go somewhere else where it's just overall easier 
which in turn means more pleasant, right? Mm -hmm. So then take the parking out. When you walk in, how are you greeted? How are you treated? Do they remember your name? Mm -hmm. Do they seat you right away? Does the waiter remember your order? All those little things play into your overall experience and then ultimately your take-home experience. So when you leave here, whether you're talking about it with someone else or um, someone, you just bring it up in conversation, not even because you were asked, it just comes up something good that happens, something positive that, that you associate with it, then there's a positive take home. And then that all feeds on it, I think. And you wanna go, and you wanna go back. I love it's that. not, I have to go work out Friday. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm gonna work out Friday. And you're, you're excited might be a little bit of a stretch, but <laughs> you definitely know you're gonna leave with not just um, feeling better about your body and having done something good for your body, but you're gonna leave overall feeling better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's powerful in today's world. You know, there are not that many places that you can go and leave noticeably feeling better physically and feeling um, stimulated maybe Mm -hmm. on other levels. Yeah, it's so true. Well, talk about, I mean, your journey has been so successful. Maybe you could talk to us about maybe a lesson that you've learned along the way to get to this point. Never quit. And it's hard to live by that. That's impossible. Okay. Wait, I would rather have the challenge of that being impossible and, and cancel less often, quit less often, and be late less often than um, not caring about that and just letting things sort of happen, whether they come together or fall apart at someone else's discretion. I, I don't, you know, and I tell my kids the same thing. Don't be late. Don't cancel. Don't quit. It's just, it's too easy to stick to things. It's common courtesy, too. It is, but it's a lost art. All three of those. Yeah. So, Gunnar, big, big topic. We're just around the corner to January 1st, New Year's resolution. The two biggest things that everybody uh, makes a wish for is, number one, health, right, to lose weight. And then number two is obviously to take care of themselves financially. I got the financial part, but I really want to talk to you about the health portion. And that talks about commitment. Commitment's the biggest thing, right? So a lot of times people will want something, but they may not be able to get to where they need to be. Now, I would consider you kind of an expert in this space. So I was hoping you could share some light and talk about the word commitment. It's sort of like back to school day for trainers, right? It's mm-hmm. first day of school, what are you gonna wear? <laughs> uh, uh, as far as the trainers, I think trainers see it that way. I think people, just the way our society is nowadays, they may go in with all the right intentions and they make that commitment, but gosh, don't you know that the first of the year there are all those bowl games and then there are award shows and I can't make the workout and I'm going to start. And before you know it, it's February 1st and you haven't even gotten your first workout in. So, well, so how, do you, how do you fix that, if you will? I don't know that you can fix it, you know, with a broad stroke, but I think if people know the options that are out there to them, whether it's step outside your front door, look at your watch, turn left and go 15 minutes and try to get back and less than 15, right? So you keep Mm -hmm. the pace. Um, That's a workout, that counts. Check the box, you did something today. Or um, do a little homework, do some advanced scouting and find a class, if you're a group person, nearby you Mm -hmm. that you think you could make work two to three times a week in your schedule. Be reasonable. If you're not a morning person, you know, don't sign up for the 5 a.m. It's just, it's it's not gonna happen. Um, Build slowly, right? Work out at home, you know, do you have a home gym? Is that treadmill just a place that you 
you know, throw Pink old clothes. clothes. <laughs> yeah, you see it all the time. Um, there are a ton of apps out there. There's a new one called Jimgo, which has um, two-way live streaming on it, right? So you're getting a personal trainer, mm -hmm. but you you don't they don't have to be in your space. Um, you can make it where they see you or they don't see you. You can make it where the other people see you. I think it's six people per screen. And it's like small group personalized training. And I think they say on there what you need. So you can choose from a number of different topics, whether it's strength training, yoga, um, calisthenics, whatever it is. So you know in advance I need to have uh, a five pound, you know, two five pound dumbbells, two 10 pound dumbbells, and a mat, whatever it has. So you're prepped ahead of time within the confines of your own home. If you're one of those people who doesn't like, if you think everybody's looking at you at the gym, which I can tell you they're not, they're <laughs> looking at themselves, which is great. Um, so you can, you can use Gym Go and work at home. Um, you can go to a gym and just suck it up. You know, it's, they're really not looking at you. Take a class, hire a trainer for two or three workouts, mm -hmm. and, and then brave it alone. Or get a book, flip through the book, make a couple notes while you're watching the ball games on the first, and then go in on the second. There are just there are too many options, right? There are too many different kinds of classes. If I weren't tied down in my gym and at the Lakers every day from 4.30 a.m. to 5.30 or 6.30 p.m., I would take a class. You would, what kind of class would you take? That's the thing, there are so many of them out there. I would take one of those, uh, probably a hybrid type class, you know, mm -hmm. where it's, it's the boot camp type or um, it's boxing and biking or it's um, Pilates. I like, I like yeah. things that, that, seems to juxtapose, that, that seem to juxtapose, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe Pilates and boxing. Yeah, that I kind love of thing. kickboxing. Yeah, kick, mm -hmm. so kickboxing and yoga, or what do they have one called? Uh, was it called boxalotties or boxalotties or something where, that mixes two so mixes disciplines, two, right? I like opposites. that. I oh. would be drawn, my ADD, that would service me, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, great suggestions. Well, that's another thing that I often talk about, the correlation between good fitness habits and good financial habits. Because I always think they often go hand in hand. I think, you know, I talk to clients all the time and they say, well, when most of your clients are very, very wealthy, you know, how do I get to that point? And you say, well, they didn't start off and they weren't born wealthy, most of them. Some of them were, but many of them had to build that wealth over 10, 20, 30 most years. Most of them, right? from the ones I know, for sure. Right, yeah, and many of your clients, very, very well-known clients, built to where they need to. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked about Jennifer Lopez and we, those of you who know her history know she had to work you know, for every step that she's accomplished, Beyond. right? And, and the people that I see on a day-to-day, -day, the way they work, the way they have worked to, to get where they are, it's, I mean, it's admirable, sure, but a lot of people out there are working hard, but these people are working smart, and they were very goal-oriented, short-term and long-term goals, and I think it's important to establish a difference between the two. Where do you want to be next year? Where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? And when do you see yourself retiring? I love that, so working smart. Uh, I think we should talk about that a little bit because, uh, and you said that several times already, I think it's just being very mindful of your time in the most efficient manner. It's the only commodity you can't replace is time, right? You can mm -hmm. make more money, you can go buy more hair, you, you know, <laughs> you, can, there, there, you, can, you can essentially buy a new body, mm -hmm. but you cannot make more time. So if you're wasting it, if you're not using it in a way that when you look back you feel like you spent it wisely. I think you should make different choices, and I think you should make them tomorrow. Don't wait. Don't wait. 
That's that's great advice not to wait. Um, what's the nicest thing a client's ever told you? Uh, someone thanked me for extending, an athlete thanked me for extending his career. Yeah, that's big. That's huge. That's huge, yeah. Yeah, and he wrote it on, a, on something and he just said, thanks for extending my career. And you think, I extended your career? I guess, I mean, I didn't look at it that way. I never look at it like I do. I look at it like they do it and I'm just sort of the shepherd, right? Yep, oh, oh, this way, this way, up over here, don't step in that pothole and I move them along. Hopefully so they can keep moving along without having, you know, as many pit stops that might slow them down or, or, or derail them entirely. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and you've made such a difference. And that's not faux humility. I really think, and they'll say thanks for this and I go, you did the work. Mm-hmm. No, 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 I couldn't have done it without you. You could have. It might not have been as efficient. You know, you might have, um, you might have had more slips, you know, but you did the work. I didn't do those reps for you. I didn't do those extra 10 minutes on the machine. You did that. Was I there? Yep. Did I program it? Sure did. But you get the credit for it. So what's your hobby? What do you do? What do you like to do outside of work? Outside of work? I got, I have four kids and a perfect wife, so I just, I, I tend to that flock as best I can if I'm going to keep with my shepherd analogy. Um, that's what I do. That's I work out in the morning, you know, with, with my training partner, with my other trainer here, Brad, and after that I get home and I try to spend time with wife, kids, dogs in no particular order. So what keeps you motivated every day? What, what gets There's you There's so excited? much more to do. Mm. There's so much more to do. There's a, there are ways to give quality information to people who don't know that it's out there. Uh, I sat today with somebody and they started espousing some theory about some cockamamie and I just said, I can't, I can't have this conversation. You're not equipped to have this conversation with me. If, 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 I'm, if I'm able to talk about two things, it's my kids, not anybody else's kids, my kids and, and fitness and, and what's going to work in fitness. There's no four minute, three minute, seven minute thing that's going to turn you from fat to fit. It's not going to happen. <laughs> There's no one meal that's going to derail years and years of eating perfect. It doesn't work like that. If you want gluten today, have gluten, dude. It's Get over it. You'll be back on your path tomorrow and you won't be talking about it anymore, which would be great for all of us. Um, <laughs> so uh, there's just a lot to do. There's a way um, and, and we're working on it. We are diligently plugging away at, at uh, finding the right method, the right delivery system to get good information to people who actually want it and who, who understand that there's not a quick fix. Yeah, that's wonderful. Does it, look, just because there's not a quick, quick fix doesn't mean it's not fun. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's awful, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, if you find a way to, to enjoy the journey, mm-hmm. the goal is that much better because all of a sudden you realize you just sort of happen upon it. Wow, that, I'm here. Look at that. I feel great. I look great. And it happens to be time for my vacation. So in your opinion, how often should people work out? How often should, be, should people be eating right and working out? I, I would say you should be doing something for your body every day. You challenge your brain every day on some level, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's driving and thinking and focusing or watching a movie and you know getting into the plot or you know listening for the joke, um, interaction with, with a spouse or a partner. So you should do something for your body every day. And one day it could be a, a high intensity interval class that leaves you breathless and doubled over. Another day it could be 
a 20 minute walk with the dog. Mm-hmm. Something, move the blood. So one thing I really want to talk to you about, I'm really excited that we had these conversation actually during break, which is about negativity, okay? And I think that in my opinion, you know, doing what I do, that you just can't function well in a world of negativity. So how do you balance that? I mean, you, you're working with so many different personalities every day and your life is probably one of the busiest around town here. Um, how do you balance? Oh no, there are people a lot busier than I am. Uh, Mine does combine a couple things that maybe not the others that maybe the others don't combine. Um, mine pro- and, and I don't even think about it. My wife mentions it to me. Mine combines a physicality, so there may be people working more hours, but I'm definitely doing more lunges and more pull-ups than those people on a daily basis. So there's a different there's a combined taxing, right? Not to say it's more than anybody. I tell my wife a thousand times a week, I'm no hero. I'm just working. There are a lot of people working harder than I am or as hard as I am. Um, it's just how you manage it. You know, you're, you're juggling. My dad told me a long time ago, is you juggle egos better than anyone I've ever seen. And uh, that's a compliment. You know, how do you manage? It's a lot of high-powered, a lot of very um, uh, individual individuals, right? They're, they're, they are different mm-hmm. they're different they have How their own quirks them? they have their own idiosyncrasies they have their likes dislikes it's more than just cold or room temperature water I can tell you that mm-hmm. uh, you have to listen I think you have to listen and then you have to find a way to communicate and if I'm communicating whether it's it's cueing on a set of squats or it's uh, sharing a story about a kid that the person I'm talking to has a kid who's struggling with XYZ and I can find a way to do it so it's not I'm not hitting them over the head with it and I'm I'm sharing it and if they can maybe extrapolate something from that and apply it and then they go you know and I've had a number of clients say you know I tried that with my kid and it's so much better and that is as rewarding as the person saying um, I went in to get a suit and it fits differently or I tried my dress on for the awards show and uh, I've had the same stylist for years and she says I'm fitting into things different those are all they're, they're all rewarding on their own level so you have you to listen. Would. You have to listen. You can't communicate without listening. So, a lot of people want to work out with you. A lot of people want to associate themselves with you. Um, how do you deal with someone who's just maybe negative or isn't a good fit for you? How do you make that decision? Yeah, I, I try to eliminate it. My wife is zero drama. I've never met uh, a person with less drama who will accept less drama in her life. She just was like, no thank you. And and she's able to do it in a way that's not rude, it's not offensive. She, It's like she just sort of, it's like water off a duck's back, right? It just, and it's, and, and I'm nowhere near her level, but I watch that and I try to, I try consciously and probably on a subconscious level to eliminate that, just to, to steer clear of it. I'd rather, I, I used to just want to go right at it and, and crush it and watch it shatter like a, the old video asteroids games. I'm dating myself, but at least I'm dating. Uh, <laughs> and instead, now I'm like, just just slip it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had somebody who had a phone call with me and they wanted to go back in time over something that was nothing but negative. There was zero upside to the conversation. I let the person vent for a little while and then I just said, look, I don't, I don't want to dig this up. No problem, whatever it is, no problem. I'm past it, you should be past it too. Good luck, I hope we all do well. And I could feel myself, I could feel myself tightening up physically and 
in, uh, you know, externally and internally on the phone. And when I hung it up and I went right back into the work of my day, it's, it's like it just dissipated. It right. went away. Whew. And that, that is my reminder of don't allow that stuff in your life. I completely agree with you. I think when you're working at such a high level, at such a high intensity, and we all are, we're all pushing so hard to be at your, if you will, reach your full potential, you have to decide not to let negativity enter your world, regardless no. of what you do in life. And it's not, a, it's not like I walk around saying nothing negative, nothing negative, nothing negative. I just, when you're able to identify it earlier on, and maybe that comes with experience, right. maybe that becomes you're a little more wary, um, you just avoid it. Instead yeah. of going, I'm going to fix that. I'm not about that anymore. I used to try to, somebody would come and they really didn't want to do it, and I'd say in my mind, I'm going to make this person love this. I'm not doing that anymore. Right. If you don't love this and want to do this, then I'm probably not the right guy for you. Right. Maybe a cycling class is good for you. Maybe you should take up hiking. Something, I'm just, this is probably not right for you. Right. Don't but if I see you starting to, to attach yourself to this, I'm gonna do all I can to nurture and encourage that. Wonderful. Well, best advice you ever got in business? Maybe you could share that with us. The best advice I ever got in business uh, was from my dad, who was a um, world-class businessman, retired when he was 50. My dad said to me, I had an idea, you know, fresh out of college, an idea on something that was gonna make me a ton of money and I'd have the car and the house and I'd retire when I was 25 or whatever it was. And my dad said, run the numbers. And I said, but dad, it works. And he goes, run the numbers. He said, run the numbers. They may not be pretty, but they will never lie. And it was hard because I ran the numbers and I ran them again and I tried to skew them and I tried to look at them this way and I tried to prop them up. It just, it, it wasn't gonna ever pan out. The ceiling that I thought was here was in fact here. And that was if everything were firing on all cylinders. In fact, it was probably here. And that's, uh, and I don't always abide by that, by the way. I still sometimes go in, you know, right out of the gate. I just without push. running the numbers. Yeah, without running the numbers, or, or, or I run them quickly in my head and I go, oh, that'll work. And I, I kind of sand down the edges. Um, but when you run them, good or bad, they don't lie. That's so true. Well, on that note, I gotta. I, I want to ask you. You know, you obviously this huge, huge business that you run depends on you. You are the person who brings in the income, right? Do you ever worry, or you think of your plan B? Like, what if you can't do what you do? A number of years ago, I was working at, at an hourly rate for what I put in physically, and I was seeing. 12, 13, 14, 15 people a day. And I know trainers out there are doing that, but these were hour-long sessions with um, high-powered, high-intensity, and, and very demanding people. You give a lot of yourself, and you also have to stay in shape, and you also have to find a way to eat and use the restroom and little things in there, so, so it becomes a, a dance. And you realize, after a while, whether it's two years, five years, eight years, 10 years, whatever it is for you, you can't do that many that well. I don't want to deliver an inferior product to the people that are later in the day. That's not fair to them and that's not fair to me and that's not who I am. So then you have to consciously pare it down to 10, 11, 12. And then over time, maybe you're not slowing down physically anymore, but other things in your life come up mm -hmm. and you have to give time, energy, and effort to those. So you have to pare it down to eight, nine, 10, right in there. And 
and now I stay at six, seven, eight, probably seven, eight is real, not including the Lakers. Um, and you just have to be conscious that you are giving everything at the end of the day the same way you were giving everything at the beginning of the day. Mm -hmm. Even if the person at the end of the day requires less, like there's some people who I could probably give 75% to and, and they might not notice and frankly they might not care. Mm -hmm. I, I just have to be okay with that and I'm not, I'm not at that place yet and I hope, I hope if I do get there that I recognize it ahead of time and, mm -hmm. and I throw in the towel. I don't want to be somebody phoning it in. I don't want to be somebody who um, makes it up on the fly. I, I, I pride myself in the fact that I write different workouts for every person every day, that I execute them, that it, it's a template, it's not a Bible, so sure, we, we mix and match sometimes, but that there's a plan mm -hmm. and that it was written up ahead of time, that we stick to it and that the person progresses. If it's less than that, then it's probably not something I want to do. Right, right. So what's, what's in the future for you? What can we look forward to from you, Gunnar? What's in the future? Um, we have a couple TV projects in the works. We'll see. Um, I have to be able to get the right message out about fitness and, and training and health and overall wellness. If I can, and, and that works and that translates to television, great. And if it doesn't, then um, we'll see what we can do online in the app department, um, in the gym design business we have a, a a thriving burgeoning gym design business meaning we've i've always done it residentially i've helped people whether it was acquire a treadmill or piece together six or seven things for a gym or do someone's home gym soup to nuts now we're doing more commercial stuff we're doing some stuff internationally wow. we did a hotel here locally we have two more hotels um nationally and and we'll see where we go with that very good, very good. Well, there's a lot to look forward to. So I'm so appreciative of your time. I know you're very busy and you got to run to another meeting. But thank you so much. This was truly an honor to get to know you. Thank you. I'm glad you guys made the time for me. And, and I hope people get something out of this and see that there is a way to do it. And, and it's not this just big, ominous black cloud of fitness hanging over that it's, you know, get after it and before you know it, the, the rewards you reap from this translate into every aspect of your life. Every single thing you do inside the gym helps everything you do outside the gym. I love that. So how can people stay in touch with you? How are they going to follow your future? Um, GunnarPeterson.com is a website and we put stuff up there as it comes out. If we think it's worthy of other people reading it, we'll, we'll post, repost. Um, okay. Gunner Fitness on Instagram. I try to put stuff up there. I had a lady stop me the other day, not for my fitness. She said, your quotes are so inspirational. I go, really? I usually write those on the window when I get off the bike in the morning. I know. I love them. I, I yeah. took a whole bunch of pictures. There of you go. All over. So these are all yours. Uh, most of them. If they're not, I do credit them. I think you have to give credit to, I think I have one from a trainer in um, Philly, in, uh, maybe a trainer in Boston over there. And I have one from Benjamin Franklin. So that works out nicely. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank this you, Winnie, very much. I appreciate it.